The brilliant basics used to be optimizing for sound off so people could just thumb scroll um, and, you know, at work and things like that. And that world's not there anymore. I think we've lost our swagger of optimizing for all of the various senses people have, the most notably of which is audio. Before we get on with this week's show, I'd like to tell you about an online event, Automated Creative Running, called Why Do We Need So Many Ads? An Introduction to Live Creative Optimization. The reality is that your competitors are probably already using live optimization, unearthing new insights and getting huge return for their media spends. We've actually proven over serving 6 billion impressions that brands that don't do this leave 17% of media value on the table. So this event is for newbies and pros. So if you're live optimized, curious or just fed up with how your ads are being optimized then this event is for you if you go to www.automatedcreative.net there is a link at the top of the page Hello and welcome to the Shiny New Object Podcast. My name is Tom Ollerton. I'm the founder of Automated Creative, the creative effectiveness ad tech platform. And this is a weekly show about the future of data-driven marketing. And I have the pleasure of interviewing some of the best talent in the industry every week or so on this podcast. And this week is no different. I'm on a call with Rishi Mulgund, who is Performance Marketing Director at Halion. So Rishi, for anyone who doesn't know who you are and what you do, could you give us a bit of background? Sure. It's great to be here, Tom. Thanks for having me. So I am currently Performance Marketing Director at Halion, uh, the, a, a large consumer healthcare company made up of products, you know, Advil and Tums and Centrum and Robitussin. Uh, and I've been in marketing now, but my you know entire background is in brand marketing. So I think this is a wonderful step of uh, kind of becoming that modern marketer of being data-driven focused. So we run agile optimization sprints to uh, improve the ROI of all of our advertising, whether it's paid, owned, or earned. Very close to home, Rishi. So I'm looking forward to this. And you're also a client of so I have to be on my best behavior, but um, hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully I won't step too many feet wrong in the process. So what is your favorite marketing book? What is that bit of writing that you find yourself coming back to most often and recommending to others? Yeah, for, for me, I, I've always kind of had a passion for creativity and, and like creatively solving uh, uh, new problems. I have an engineering background. So, so the book that always comes back to me, and I think I um, read it before I really got into marketing was Creativity Inc. Um, um, by, you know, the people who, uh, uh, founded Pixar. And it's just a fascinating process that they use to, uh, um, develop and, and improve on new ideas to create the incredible string of successful movies that they've done, but, um, bring that into, uh, work constantly. And I think that's, you know, in our business of, um, kind of data driven, uh, kind of being, uh, driven by insights and data. Um, it's just a good reminder of, uh, you need to have a strong team, a creative team that comes together. Individuals don't create ideas. They, they get built and they get uh, broken down to build stronger ideas. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of uh, Creativity Inc. So. I'm not much of a reader. I'm a listener of books and I have actually listened to that book. I'm not, I'm not sure. Is it the guy who wrote it that read it? It, it certainly felt like that. Uh, and I got a lot from it. So I just kind of want to help 
anyone who hasn't listened to that book understand like what those key points are i know that one of the ones that came back for me was i can't remember what it was called but it was like a peer group where you you bring your story or your storyboards and then there's this this group that sits around and passionately sort of picks it apart in a constructive way what were the other bits in the book that you've taken on board into your day-to-day well i i I think so yeah there there are p groups called the brain trust and i think that's a massive one and and um a lot of the best work we've seen recently in our industry um ab imbev i think even mcdonald's they they use an element of that uh the key thing i I think to that um it's a it's it's a key lesson from that that replies to everything in our industry but one of the things they learned was like you have to eliminate the power structure when you're getting creative feedback, right? If our, if your manager gives you feedback in a certain way, creative feedback in a certain way or feedback, anything in your job, you have an, you're inclined to follow it, but that's not going to necessarily improve the ideas and what's one of the first things they found at Pixar. So I think, um, try and create that peer group that can, can honestly improve on your idea without having any biases between them. Um, I also think going against the grain, another common theme and, you know, as we work together, other time is uh is exactly that of you can't just use the historical aspects of what's been considered best practice as a indicator of the future best practices you constantly have to challenge your your biases and your opinions and make those mistakes make those fast mistakes so you can um, work even quicker and one of my favorite stories in the book is when someone managed to delete toy story 2 they, they had this kind of bizarre set of instructions where it couldn't possibly be deleted, but somehow someone managed to delete like three quarters of the film. And then someone was like, oh, I backed it up on my laptop last night. They sent out the taxi and then they wrapped it up in like bubble wrap or something like that and have to drive it 30 miles an hour back to the studio. And then they held the doors open and then it was all restored. But you think such a massive bit of work like Toy Story almost vanished. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's filled with that. That is a wild one. You feel that one, right? We've all been there where our work has kind of been like in the hard drive days. Um, I think for me, the, the, the story that sticks because it's just such a, and, and as, as, as we both have, uh, children in that kind of way. But, um, um, the original idea for Frozen, right? Based on a book where they were going through and the witch it's like a horrible witch and she treats her um you know treats the princess like very poorly and it just wasn't clicking and someone randomly had the idea to um you know let's make it sisters who love each other and they're trying to get through it and that's what created frozen and we're you know we're talking about billions of dollars here so it just kind of shows the power that when you you can have when you work as a team So what is your top data-driven marketing tip, Rishi? What do you share with your team most often? What is that tip, that bit of advice that you rely on and use often? Yeah, I, 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 uh, for, for me, I, I, it's, it's both kind of a data driven and more, uh, also kind of a personal philosophy, but I always tell people to follow their passion and, and treat, treat the analysis they're looking at as if they're going through their real life every single day. One of the things we kind of find is that people will um, almost treat the data that they're looking at. Um, I see uh, I see engagement rate go down on this, um, but I'm struggling to figure out why. But then they'll read their personal email or personal web or personal website in their own time, and they would never click on the same thing that they've created. Um, I, I remind people, you've got to follow your passion. You've got to follow your, treat yourself, put yourself in the shoes of those consumers um, and, and try not to create that much of a difference 
between your everyday work life and your uh, your in personal time because your consumers they're they're not work people they browse just like us they watch commercials just like us and they certainly skip commercials just like yourselves. Lovely advice, but how do you practically advise people to do that? So, say you're talking to someone on your team, say follow your passion. Remember, the consumer is exactly the same as you. Like practically, how do they apply that thinking? Yeah. So one of the things I'll do with my team when, when creative is, is brought through any, or anything kind of way, um, I'll give them the chance to speak. Uh, and then I'll kind of ask them, would you watch this ad if it came up? And usually the answer after a little thought is, well, I would, I would never watch these things where the ad, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even, I would skip right through it after six seconds. I would kind of say, well, why do you expect the consumer to do any different? And where we practically move that to is improving those first uh, few seconds is, is driving even more engagement, having a different story arc in a digital first six seconds than the TV six seconds. So it becomes a, you know, um, an improvement by making things more personally real. And what is the common retort when they say, well, I wouldn't watch this, then what, what happens to that in that scenario? Do they go away and like rip it all up or it's a, it's a wonderful way to uh, review your own work, but how do people then go and build on it? Do they just kind of yeah tear it all up and start again? What's mo- the most common response to that? Yeah, I, I think it it becomes, I try to make it certainly more because I've now done this a few times. I've tried to make it more of a almost a philosophical, personal conversation of like, well, what was your mindset? when you created it originally and um you know how is that mindset different than when you're you know at 10:30 at night just scrolling the internet just uh browsing on TikTok or whatever it might be um the 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 common response is well my i was focused on my objectives of the brief and what we start to was start to dig in deeper again becomes less about the creative at that point and more about i think personal development and career development of making sure that they're seeing it the difference that they're bringing a work person people almost bring a workplace mindset when they're developing their creative and, and working in brand marketing um trying to meet the objectives of various brief business objectives driving uh, awareness and and um how do we grow brand love uh, with these people and they and they or forget to bring that almost consumer-centric real mindset. Um, I call it the when you're scrolling TikTok at 10:30 at night before bed mindset of like what's actually going to engage you, what's what what's going to entertain you, what's going to give you information, and um, bringing those two people together has actually been a major for focus of what I develop people, the advice that I I give people to become a data-driven, uh, better data-driven marketer, and the way it comes to life i think um in 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 creative is that um people will come to the realization that they're trying to meet brief object that they're they're trying to meet brief objectives that are too complex we have too many objectives happening we're trying to hit too many targets instead of just being single-minded single focused because what they find is that's the creative that actually entertains them in that 10 30 at night um um um, TikTok mindset.
This episode of the Shiny New Object Podcast is brought to you in partnership with Manfest. Whether it's live in London or streamed online to the global marketing community, you can always expect a distinctive and daring blend of fast-paced content, startup innovation pitches, and unconventional entertainment from Madfest events. You'll find me causing trouble on stage, recording live versions of this podcast, and sharing a beer with the nicest and most influential people in marketing. Check it out at www.madfestlondon.com. So we're going to move on now to your shiny new object. And someone might argue that it's not shiny and new, but it is shiny new to you, and that's audio and voice. So Rishi, why have you chosen that as your shiny new object? Yeah, I, I and, I, and I love the way you said it. I think it's it's shiny for me and, and, and not shiny. It's almost uh, bringing it back. But we have uh, now come to a world, I think, where, um, you know, um, a lot of the creative, a lot of the best practices many of us were trained on, you know, 10 years ago were this world of audio off, where the idea of optimizing the brilliant basics used to be optimizing for sound off. So people could just thumb scroll, um, and, you know, at work and things like that. And that world's not there anymore. I think we've lost our, our swagger of optimizing for all of the various senses people have the most notably of which is audio and in in our particular case um particularly in healthcare where things need to be sometimes be explained a bit a bit more voice um we we've forgotten the uh, importance of optimizing clearly for uh, explaining our claims explaining our science um even humanizing it a bit more and we're seeing we're beginning to see some incredible results just by making sure our claims are voiced over just the difference of voicing over your claims your ad um, and having that layer of information to to meet the abcd best practices is providing huge lifts in sales conversion and roas so let's get onto the data in, in a bit if, I don't know how much you can share. Maybe that you share all you can, but that's fine. But what I want to know is like, how did you get on that journey? It sounds like you've done testing. That's great. But yeah, the best practice was like, you know, there's, I'm sure there was a meta report that went around 10 years ago that no one had, no one has sound on. But now with like, you know, Bluetooth headphones, everyone's got it on or something like that. But how, how did you get on that journey? What, what was the light bulb moment to go, oh, maybe we should do like a proper voiceover? Yeah, I think it's similar to the mindset that I, I have a personal passion about of of, of um, bringing the consumer's head, you know, space that ten thirty at night scrolling mindset to the workplace. And when I look at the ads that transparently even I was creating, I was like, these aren't good enough. These aren't things that I would watch. These aren't things that um, I would share with my friends and family. I mean, um, it's not a lack of being proud of it. it. It's more just, I would scroll right past these. And um, one of the things that became abundantly clear, not so much from advertising, but just um, the creator economy that's that's defined us now is just when people are, um, when people are voicing over their work, when people are voicing over, when people are talking, you you see such a level of personally increased increased engagement um, to the ABCD best practices. It's increased connection with the ad, with the with the creator. Um, so it's become a little bit of a passion f- a point for me um, in the last kind of year or two years here to make sure that we live into that 
ease of advertising experience for people um, to voice over as much as possible um, in our ads. And, um, you know, what it, what it certainly can share is that in tests we've run of just the difference between having a voiceover experience versus not, we see um, results in line with Kantar's results, uh, in line with um, uh, Meta and YouTube have run similar studies where we're getting about a 25% lift in sales conversion when you add just by adding that voiceover and, uh, you know, r- roughly a 10% lift in ROAS from the same ad uh, with a voiceover without. So it's, it's almost, um, I love the kind of the, the note of it's not a shiny object, but it is because it's not rocket science in that way. And it shouldn't be, it should be easy for the consumer to understand, but, uh, it is rocket science in, in the sense that why aren't we doing this? We see a, uh, we see a sizable number of, um, creative in our industry that has made it so hard for consumers to understand because we're not prioritizing, uh, voicing over and audio in our creative. So. If I'm hearing you right, the rise of the creator economy, so TikTokers talking from the heart in an authentic way about whatever that topic is or that product is or that thing is that they're excited about, sound brings an authenticity that you just can't get with nice animated text. So therefore, if people are listening to those kind of platforms that are driven oddly, primarily by audio, despite being visual channels, as soon as an advert doesn't has, have that, it becomes almost black and white, almost redundant. It, exactly. It becomes too easy to skip. It becomes too easy to forget to the um, creating that mental availability space. Um, I think we are, we are, the human brain is, is, is wired to look for shortcuts to find ways to remember information. So seeing it visually, hearing it from a um, from a trusted source as a voiceover, and then even the distinctive assets, both audio and visual, um, to reinforce that the next time are so critical. And what's, what's crazy, um, is that, you know, doing this is, as we think, as we think about making our ads more inclusive in the advertising industry, doing this is a huge function of making our ads more accessible for people, um, to fully experience our ads. Um, it's a sizable population. Um, I don't have the number in front of me, but it's a sizable population of people who, who actually can experience the ad fully unless it has this kind of voiceover addition onto it. So, um, super, I just, you know, it's one of those things of why are we in the industry? Why do you work so hard? And it's super proud of knowing that we're making just a little effort there to make our ads more accessible. So the stats you've shared and thank you, the 25% lift in conversion and 10% boost in ROAS. Can you go any deeper into that? I assume not, but what I mean is, do you have data on different types of ads? So if there's a voiceover when there's a human in it talking or is it any voiceover for any ad? Yeah, you know, um, not able to go fully into it because that testing is is, is certainly underway. I think our results mimic, um, like I said, um, many of the work that's been done already in studies by Kantar, um, but we are finding those nuances. I, I think the, the, that, is, that will be infinite. In, in that in that nuance of when when is the right time um what's the right words and then even um within the sense of uh, uh, of voice itself 
who's that right trusted voice? Is it gender specific? Is there an act dialect specific to it? I know we've had this conversation before. Um, that's that's an infinite level of testing, and it it could be regionalized. Um, it's 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 exciting in that way. It's just I think the leaps and bounds we've made in in visual advertising are about to be made in in uh, voice advertising. I like the idea of uh, infinite testing, Rishi. You know that speaks my language. So that creates an opportunity and a problem as far as I can see it. So if you're Univoice, someone's got to record that audio or have you found a smart AI way of doing it? And do you see, is there like any correlation between an authentic, naturally recorded voice versus some of the audio tools that are available? Yeah, the, the, to the, to the point of infinite testing, there, there are ways to do simple tests. Um, we found, um, um, we, through a you know a, a synthetic uh, syn- synthetic voice test, uh, but one of the things we're really finding is that uh, we as a as a as a business we have talent coming all the time. We have voiceover talent. We have um, actors and constant doing production. So pr- um, majority and pretty much all of our testing will still be done with human talent for that reason to get that nuance to establish that um, credibility. Um, um, making sure our brand names are positioned consistently throughout. I think this gets to almost audio distinctiveness. Um, you want your brand name to be said a certain way. You want the claims to be um, enunciated a certain way. So voiceover talent is really um, fantastic in that way. Um, and that's not to diminish the tremendous work that's been made in synthetic uh, voice. Yeah, I'm just extrapolating out for for automated creative, obviously we work at scale and test and I'm just starting to think, right, that's going to get really expensive for an, an actual actor, isn't it? And so there's there's going to have to be that uncanny valley crossed at some point where the synthetic voice is good enough, really. But um, it, that's, that's great feedback to know that without it being real, it doesn't quite hit the brand guidelines that it needs to. And it actually reminds me of a conversation with one of our other guests on this show and he's, he's talking about pet care and he was saying that the best practice Back in the day, used to have two models who were really good looking with a with a dog or a cat, and he says that fundamentally, it, if you work in pet care, it's so easy to spot when that that model has never met that animal before. It just doesn't look at it in the right way, and that authenticity. I mean, it's such a buzzword, but it's so true. If you, and I think you've, you've opened my eyes actually. Getting someone to stop scrolling at half ten at night when you're about to fall asleep, you've had a couple of beers. It, it's got to, it has to be compelling. It has to be creative. It has to be authentic. Otherwise it's not, it's not going to be functional. Right. And, and it's, it's incredible just because of the amount of content that's consumed, how, how, um, kind of, uh, our, our, our BS meter, our BS meter is so high and so finely tuned to find those things that you talk about, whether it's in pet care or audio and these kinds of things. Um, so I, I think there's also an element of what, might be good enough for testing, might not be good enough for scaling in those kinds of ways. And and that might be some of the nuance that um, you're talking about of um, when human talent comes into it. So unfortunately, Rishi, we are at the end of the podcast. I would love to carry on talking about this. If someone wants to get in touch with you, where's the best place to do that? And what goes into a message that you would actually respond to? Yeah, LinkedIn is definitely the best way. And I think... Um, 
I think being as uh, upfront as possible right in the beginning, I, I um, sometimes it's 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 challenging to uh, respond to anything related to you know a sales call in that kind of way. But um, as as I've been fortunate enough to to do uh, many times and get responses, um, it's just being upfront of um, asking for guidance, ask for help, any anything um, I can do. Uh, I'm a huge supporter of this industry. It's a wonderful thing we do. Um, marketing and advertising is is wonderful. Um, so anything I can ever do to support the industry, I, I try to be pretty proactive there. Fantastic. Rishi, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Tom. Hi. Just before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you could take the time to write a review of the Shiny New Object Podcast on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever it's called these days, or whichever podcast provider you use. We're an indie podcast, so it would go a long way for us if you could just share the word and give us a bit of a support on those channels. That would just be fantastic. If you haven't got time, that's also cool. And yeah, if you could tell your colleagues about the podcast and also, if possible, don't forget to subscribe. And I'd love to hear your feedback uh, if you'd like to speak on the podcast or be a guest or you think I'm asking the wrong questions, anything. I'd be super interested to hear what you think. So please email me at tom at automatedcreative.net. That's T-O-M at, uh, I'm not going to bother spelling it. Anyway, you'll work it out. Thanks so much.